Greetings, everyone, in CBC land. What's up? It is the CBC Wisdom Hour number 69. I am Steve Witchell in New Orleans. Tony B, coming to you live from New Jersey, episode 69. I love it. It's my favorite number. Wow. Uh, Toledo, Ohio in the house. Yeah. I'll bring in in a second, Ken. Let me just let everybody know what's going on here. <laughs> He's so anxious. Uh, I we, got really excited. Yeah, that's cool. We have a guest today, uh, but I just wanted to do a little recap to the audience of stuff we've been talking about. Just quick. Um, I've been talking about this Jersey trip with you, Tony, for months now. And yeah. I, know I let you know the other day I did book it. And I will be up there next week on the 25th of September. I'll be coming up and staying through the 29th. So anybody out there in the audience that's from that area, if you want to drop me a line, let me know where you're playing. I'll come out and see you because I have a couple things planned, but I don't have everything planned. Um, so I do have some time open, and I would love to check out some new bands. So if anybody is playing, let me know. Steve at CoverBandCentral.com. Send me a little link. Uh, 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 email whatever let me know what's happening and uh i'll come out and check out your band and uh, we're running a second contest it's called the steve visiting new jersey contest where one lucky winner will pick up steve from the airport drive him <laughs> to his destination and get to have a conversation with him the entire time free of charge i like that man i like that contest so start <laughs> sending in your <laughs> you guys must write a short brief essay about why you want to pick up steve from the airport <laughs> And, top and, ten, yeah. top ten will be considered for the trophy, yes. and then one grand prize winner will be awarded. At which time they will be announced. I love it, and you know I'm easy. Yeah, it could be any kind of car or whatever, and I don't smoke, so don't worry about that. Um, right, it's easy. All right, but speaking of contests, we've been running this contest for a couple weeks now. Cover Band Central. We are giving away brand new Reverend guitar, uh, Kyle Shutt signature series, brand new guitar, valued. At $1,439, and I had the privilege of talking to Kyle this afternoon. Uh, real cool dude, uh, busy as hell, and he designed this guitar, and he showed it on, on video, um, showed the whole body, and explained everything the way it was, was designed and why he designed it that way. Uh, if you would like to see that video, check it out on the Facebook page, the Carbon Central Facebook page. It's there. It's also in the group, too. You can check it out there. Good interview. Um, real cool dude, and he plays in a couple different bands. And uh, and very cool that that Reverend is a part of this whole thing that we've we've connected and we're making this happening. We're making this happen. So it's very cool. Yes. So from Reverend Guitars, and very happening. We yes, <laughs> we are privileged to have joining us today the CEO, Mr. Ken Haas. Welcome, Ken. Hello, everyone. <laughs> As I mentioned, Ohio in the house. As I, I mentioned, Toledo, Ohio in the house. Yes, sunny, beautiful Toledo. I'm just looking at this live. We're live uh, on the uh, Facebook page. Toledo I, Shuffle. Uh, we're live on the Facebook page and the Facebook group, and I typed in your name, and I put in one too many A's. I think I put in four A's eventually, or initially, and then now it's three, so i got to fix that. But, Ken, thanks for joining us, and thank you for being a part of this whole thing uh, and uh, facilitating this whole thing, I imagine. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know you. I don't know you. This is the first time I'm talking to you, but our... our our web guy, Mr. Chunk, uh, hooked this all up, and you guys have a history together. Uh, you were we just do. telling me for a long time. Yeah, many years. Yeah, he he used to play in a absolutely kick-ass uh, indie punk rock band from Kalamazoo, Michigan, called FAQ, and um, they 
some friends of mine went to, uh, including the bass player in my high school band, went to school in Kalamazoo at Western Michigan University. And we used to go to a lot of shows up there. And they would be every time nationals came through, which back in the day, this would have been 87, 88, 89. So bands like uh, Dag Nasty and Gangrene and uh, all they you know they all these those bands all regularly played in Kalamazoo there was a couple of good good venues there and there was a good uh college radio station there I believe it was WIDR that used to bring in and facilitate all those sort of underground punk rock bands of that day and so we used to see FAQ open for all of all of those bands at those shows and then eventually we hooked up and started to be friends and then eventually my buddy failed out of college and came back to the band like supposed to and uh we <laughs> we uh we ended up you know trading off a lot of shows uh here and there we would bring them to detroit or ann arbor and they would bring us up to the kalamazoo area and we just all became pretty good friends i know the bass player in that band ended up working for heritage guitars for for a number of years and uh and then yeah jeff and i have just uh i don't know we loosely stayed in touch i guess over the years and then with the great social media revolution, um, it put a lot of people in touch with each other who geographically might have been a few hours away. But I've always played in bands, and I've always crept up into that area. And, and whenever he could, he came out. He would come out to see me play. And I'm in a couple of bands now and do a lot of travel. And last year, just Jeff and I both ended up, I had some gigs in Nashville, and Jeff ended up being in Nashville and came walking in the front door of a bar in Nashville. You oh, know, wow. 600 miles away from here. It was pretty amazing. And, and then he was involved with the guitar manufacturer for a little while, too. So I saw him at a couple of NAMM shows. And so, yeah, just just off and on, we've maintained a relationship for a long time. He's a really, really good guy and a great guitar player. I know I mentioned to you before we started, he wrote one of my top five favorite riffs of all time for this song that they used to do called Fly. And I just the intro riff is just so rad. And I still sit around and play it every once in a while and sound check with it and stuff. That's cool. I, you know what? I haven't even really heard Sean play. I, I've seen so a couple of videos uh, where he did like a Facebook Live from one of his cover gigs, and I've seen that, and he, you know, looked like he was playing great. But yeah, but I never heard any of his original stuff, and it, everything I talk about with Chunk is related to the website. And, sure, of course, of you course. Know, my my technical ineptitude here, uh, but but. Did, his, uh... Did Kyle tell you about the Doom Side of the Moon stuff today? Were you talking he did, about that yeah, yeah, yeah. So I spoke to Kyle this afternoon. Uh, also, great dude, man, really cool guy. Yeah, um, yeah Kyle's rad. Yeah, and uh, a great interview. And he, he, uh, yeah, we talked about Doom Side of the Moon, which is a Pink Floyd band. Um, yeah, and, it was one of the reasons why I thought of him when when Chunk reached out to me um, to talk about working with you guys. And I thought, you know, it might be fun to do Kyle's signature model because he is in a big ish you know cover band right you know i mean it's part of his portfolio or whatever and they are they are good i mean this sort of heavy metal dark side of the moon thing and then they've incorporated some other pink floyd stuff into their set but when they perform it they do the whole visual thing and they i mean they put a lot of effort into it it's not some like cheesy thing uh, it's it's really really cool yeah um, yeah he told me and, about it to, i'm sorry but he told me about it no, today yeah um uh, and and uh, yeah, all that stuff you're saying, and and I, I kind of grilled him on it too because I'm a big point Pink Floyd fan, and I've seen a bunch of different tribute bands that are that do Pink Floyd, and I've also seen Floyd live, not with Roger Waters, but when it was uh, yeah, sure, Gilmore. Um, 
and yeah, they're real good, man. I, I watched uh, a couple of the videos that they made, uh, more concept. It's just kind of a, a, like a psychedelic video, but the the audio, the music is very, very well performed. It's, and I couldn't believe that nobody really thought of that idea already. No, when you, when you consider all the Goofy Floyd bands that are out there, um, you know, shameless plug, I front a band called the Polka Floyd Show, right. and it is a Pink Floyd tribute polka band. And it's funny, we I sat with Kyle before, <laughs> like traded riffs and like, oh, how do you do the, oh, yeah, I do it like this, and oh, you do, oh, cool, you know. And we, when we've sat around and talked about the Floyd thing before, but uh, uh, yeah, it's they're out there, buddy. They're everywhere. Yeah. So what? So I'm gonna no. So I'm I'm glad you guys got in touch with me so that I could ask you guys some questions. Sure. Um. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. I don't know if you have questions for me about the guitar uh, or whatever, and that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. We can, we're but just wrapping. What, so what? What do you guys, I mean, do you guys distinguish uh, between, you know, straight up cover bands that play, you know, anybody's music or, or tribute bands that really try to focus in and do something seriously or maybe do a particular band with a twist or, or acoustic guys that take requests or do you guys sort of just serve everybody out there? Uh, yeah, kind of everybody. My, my idea from the beginning was that there's so many people around the world that play covers in one capacity or another. And and when I say covers, what I mean is you're playing a song that you didn't write, basically. Yeah. Um, so, you know, from uh, guys doing acoustic gigs solo to big tribute bands to people busking on the street uh, to wedding bands to everything that fits under that umbrella. And, and even, you know, well-known artists recording artists that have performed covers that still kind of fits under the umbrella of all of this. Um, sure. So uh, my, my, my hope was really to find a home or create a home for all those. Cause I, I've traveled around quite a bit and I, I've seen other bands basically everywhere I've gone, there's a band somewhere playing covers. So I wanted to create a home for all those people um, around the world. And, yeah, I I looked well. I looked for it first, and then I couldn't find it. I was like, well, I'll just you know, I'll just make it. And um, it, the idea is really to focus on the the inspirational aspect of it, the educational aspect, uh, the entertaining aspect of it, and and really celebrating music. You know, that's the bottom line. Is uh, I, I've been a musician for thirty five years, but uh, first and foremost, I am a music fan. So. Regardless, sure, I get that. Yeah, so regardless of whether I wrote a song or, or somebody else wrote a song or not, I'm just a fan of music and people who perform it well and do it with passion and love and, and care and everything that really fits in under that. So it's uh, sound engineers, photographers, people who do lighting, um, people who make guitars, you know, everything. You know, I want to yeah. kind of put it all under one uh, that umbrella. And my, my, my little lofty goal is to make this the biggest... Uh, destination for music musicians on the internet so wow yeah <laughs> yeah that's lofty yeah because because everybody has i think everybody who plays music has played a cover at one time or another because you don't pick up a guitar to learn scales you pick up a, a guitar to learn a song you know like oh, sure. i want to learn how to play that so i think everybody can really relate to this concept so yeah i hope Excellent. that does that answer your like question <laughs> yeah totally okay yeah, I like it. I, you know, I, I play in a mix. I play in, I play in three bands. And I play in two, two bands that do originals, and um, one of them is is more localized. Although I do take that band out in Nashville every once in a while, but 
I also I play in a ska band with a guy um, called Jay Navarro and the Traders. This guy Jay Navarro from the Detroit band, the Suicide Machines, and we we travel quite a bit. We have some pretty cool. We have some gigs coming up in the UK in November, and we played in Japan last year, and we and we get to do a lot of really fun stuff because of the sort of notoriety of Jay and the Suicide Machines, and and I like playing in original bands, and I like contributing to songwriting. I like being in bands where a group of people are writing songs together, even if, like with the with the Traders or with my band, the Zimmerman Twins, the sort of leaders of those bands usually come to us with concepts, and then everybody pitches together to sort of write songs. Right. Um, but I often take a lot of flack from some of these folks for doing the Pink Floyd band, you know? And hell, I like the Pink Floyd band. It's my band. And, <laughs> and one of the things that I always say at Reverend, because every once in a while I'm one of the Reverend, uh, whether it be on our forum or on our Facebook page or something like that, they'll be the, you know, original music guys versus the cover band guys or whatever. And I always say to these guys, hey, you know what? If you enjoy playing music and you get to do it, or I mean, if, for crying out loud, if you get paid to do it, good for you. Right. Yeah, and, and, and if you're doing something that you like doing and it shows, isn't that what it's for? And there's no reason why you can't. You know, my sales manager, Zach Ward, is, you know, the acoustic guy in the corner of the restaurant guy. And he does that for tips a few nights a week. Or, and, I mean, he gets paid by the venues, too. But he does pretty well at it. And then he uses that to help support his original band and his original music. And what's wrong with that? I think it's great, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's just so much to do out there. And there's so much to be seen and heard. I, I feel like, too, I, and, and it seems like an interesting question. I'm sorry I keep asking you questions in my interview. But, no, it's okay. Um, I, you know, I do this, like, takeover thing. Sorry about that. It's all right. Uh, but, you know, one of the myths that, that, I, that I just don't find to be true that I often hear people, and especially people, I don't know how old you guys are. I'm going to be 50 in November. And, uh, and oh, you're I, just a I kid. Find, I know. <laughs> how, old, how old are you? I'm, fi- I'm 52. 52 so you're you're right there with me yeah i'm 39 <laughs> so, yeah whatever yeah who's this guy <laughs> <laughs> um who, the, who's this youngin no people it's and especially in the generation ahead of me but but people around me in my own generation come up to me all the time and they're like well, you know it's I, good for you that, that reverend is doing so well i mean boy i mean that must be hard since since you know nobody plays guitar anymore and there's just no guitar heroes and, and, you know, the guitar is dwindling and blah, blah, blah. And every time I hear somebody say that, I think, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, there's yeah man, so we're making much... the guitars with less strings on them now because we're trying to cut back. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's so much stuff going on. There's so much cool stuff going on. The sheer volume of artist requests that I get from people who are touring is, it's phenomenal. And, and I'll look out and I'll, you know, I'll get emails from people and I'll be like, I don't know what that is. And then I'll look into it and I'll be like, how do I not know what this is? Like the, this people have this huge following and they're, you know, they're playing big venues and they're doing it without radio play. They're yeah. doing it without traditional record labels. They're just out there doing it. And I, and so this idea that like guitar music is dwindling or the electric guitar is dwindling or whatever it's so much crap so much bunk you know i mean there's obviously there's some tired stuff in the business that's maybe going away a little bit maybe it was time for it to go away 
but as a whole, I think the music business is healthy. Do you find that? Yeah. As well. Yeah, I mean that that debate kind of comes up all the time in the group among other debates too, um, about like ah, it's de- rock and roll is dead and people don't play guitar anymore and blah blah blah. I mean, I hear it all the time, but I've been hearing it for sure. for thirty years, for forty, yeah. uh, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, disco came and rock is dead and you know and so on. Um, I I see a lot. I'm really trying to focus on education for ki- for children in this yeah. um, a lot and. I see it a lot. Uh, the parents of, the, of our generation are handing down the music that they, they grew up on to their kids, and their kids are, some of them are really gravitating towards it and picking up a guitar and learning. And I see kid bands out there playing covers that are phenomenal. You know, uh, I, I get, I see the videos on there on the, in the group or people send it to me. So, yeah, I agree that it's still vibrant and still healthy, and as long as we kind of do right by our next generation, then this will all kind of carry on. And, sure. And, uh, you know, a big concern, I think, is that the, the rock icons that we all grew up with, our generation grew up with, they're dying, and they're, they're going to continue to die more often because yeah. they're, of they're old, you know, and it's yeah. – and, and I, met, I said something to the, to the effect that there, there's not a lot of music icons, new music icons for, for the new generation to look up to. There are some. But I don't think in the numbers that we had, you know, with the rock era growing up. So I well, think I, I, I find you know, it to be more not to interrupt. you. I'm sorry. That's I, okay. I'm, I'm passionate about this one, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just find it to be more spread out. And and I think that's OK. I you know, like instead of having one, you know, Eddie Van Halen, we have. Bunches of of guitar guys that are running around the country playing in like emo bands and stuff and people are paying attention to that you know what i mean so whereas instead of you have a whole generation that's focused on one guy and wants to know what that guy is playing and wants to emulate that thing imagine spreading that out over 50 bands or 60 bands because that's what the internet sort of did right It, it created this sort of equalization thing and you have you know maybe not the same number of people that are interested in those 50 bands that were interested in an Eddie Van Halen or whatever, but there are still a whole massive group of people that are paying attention. They're just they're It's the same. I guess it's the same audience size. It's just that that audience is spread out over more music now is sort of, I uh, is sort of the way I kind of view it. If you look at the way that some of these, these festivals, we just had riot fest out in Chicago this last weekend mm-hmm. and you know, they bring 30 bands out there uh, and everybody gets paid and everybody sells merch and everybody's happy and they bring, I don't know, what is it? 50, 60, 70,000 people. I don't know, it's a massive show. Um, and I, I think it's cool that, that more people, I guess, are being able to sort of take part in it. And it also makes it for that. For, and I'm talking about 20 somethings now. It also, in my mind, it makes it more attainable for them, you know, because when I was a teenager, I was never going to play like Eddie Van Halen and I was never going to make it music because all the bands like the, the, the super, like you, I looked at the Van Halen's and the Vise and stuff like that. And like, I, you know, I'm a great guitar player, but I will never be that guy. You know what I mean? That has that sort of natural, crazy talent and ability. And so when as i started getting into sort of uh, you know the 
indie music of the day or whatever of the things that were more approachable, um, I realized that I could do something and be something and have a career in this and do something that I wanted to do. And I think we have a whole lot of 20-somethings looking at these bands that they idolize. And I mean, just look at, you know, look at the schedule for Riot Fest and look at the schedule for Bonnaroo and take right. the top five headliners out of it and look at all those other bands. All of those other bands that are on those bills all have fans out there to connect with. It's, it's right. really, I think it's really amazing. I think we're in the middle of a really exciting time. Yeah, I do too. Um, and I'm really curious to see what happens when these 20-somethings turn into 30-somethings and 40-somethings, right. you know what I mean, and what happens in our business yeah, and how they I, interact in our business. Yeah, and, and I re, a part of creating this was, uh, Car Brand Central, I mean, it was... Yeah. To, to really provide this resource for for that generation that we didn't have growing up so they could kind of take a shortcut to to a lot of the stuff that we yeah that's, that's we screwed cool. up on and I think it's really like talking about the rock icons or, or just music icons passing away I think it's really yeah. our obligation to make sure that next generation um, gets all this information and really gets into this music and because the thing is people can still download the songs or whatever listen to it on spotify but the live music experience is something that people are always going to want and a good song yeah. is a, a good song is a good song regardless of who's performing it um so people are going to still want to hear these songs from these music icons that are going to be gone they're going to still want to hear them live so we're going to need people to be able to perform these things live so when you have your pink floyd tribute bands and your variety of pink floyd tribute bands or you know any pick any artist that, yeah, uh, that has sure. bands like that then people are going to still get to kind of experience what we did experience with the original artist as close as it can be anyway. And that, I think, I think it's our obligation to do that. And so yeah, that, so that's, that's a big cool. part of why I wanted to create this whole world of cover band central where, where all these resources are available and all these people can provide this information and pass this on. So, so yeah, um, I'm, I'm, right, I, I think it's very vibrant and, um, and everything, but you know, I, and I don't really like disclude um, original music either. With this, it's all mu it's all music to me. But Tony and I have both played in original bands too. Like, I mean, Tony, you played in a few of them, right? Yeah, I mean, I had the. It was funny because I played in the band I the Storm, and we did three albums of original material. But in the interim, you know, in between we were doing touring, we had an alter ego cover band called Mr. Personality, and we used to play all really super super heavy sequenced like nine inch nails white zombie filter like back in the day that was probably you know late late 80s early 90s was eye of the storm and then through the 90s you know into 2000s but um you know I, what ken was saying earlier you know i got to agree with with the, you know if you have the passion to play music whether it be original or cover and you enjoy it and you're having a good time that that's what it's all about you know and yeah. we're here to kind of pass that torch down like Steve knows and Ken you know you you have kids and I have, I have two boys and my youngest son 19 he, he plays drums he plays bass he plays piano all self-taught but he's a big fan of Billy Joel Rush um you know of, of Getty Lee and, and he just bought himself he worked over the summer and bought himself a Rickenbacker bass because that was like the thing that he was saving his money for you know he finally got but he's he gets it, you know, and he's into it, and, and he pays homage to these older ones. But he also does listen to newer, you know, bands and artists of music as well. So he's he's versed in both. But he does gravitate back to that, you know, the the bands of our era. And he will say the same thing: like, there's no bands nowadays. You know, there's there are no 
Van Halen. There is no, there you know, are no more Rush. There is no, you know, Aerosmith. There's no like, in, like, like you were saying, you know, of our era. Maybe you gravitated towards an individual like an Eddie Van Halen or an Ingve Malmsteen for those type of things. But band-wise, you know, you know, like even with the MTV Music Awards, it was all artists. Now, yes, they have bands that support them, right? So there are musicians playing, and there's definitely art being created. But there's no bands per se, you know. And that's the thing I think that we our music scene and today from our my kids' generation is that that's what they're missing. They're missing those big bands that you talked about collaboration. You know that organic chemistry of writing an album with a band you know or jamming together and coming up with ideas and picking them apart and going back and listening to the tape and rewinding that part and play that again and that mistake <laughs> came in you know and writing songs like you said in a collaborative nature it has a different effect it's, it's so organic it's different you know it's not as produced as when it's, you're supporting an artist you know and right, i think right, that's right. the one thing that i think is missing today yeah well it's well, just it's 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 just in a different it's in a different mindset you know, yeah. um, I, I urge you guys to check out this, this might lead you down a path and you might listen to it and be like, yeah, I, I don't ever want to hear this kind of crap ever again. Uh, but I, I work with a artist out of Lansing, Michigan called Hot Mulligan, right? And they, they're, they're an original band and they spend about 40 weeks out of the year on the road, touring in a van, playing in the punk rock bar down the road, but they have, you know, a hundred people show up every night. Uh, which is a thing. It's how you do a grassroots thing going in their building. They were on Riot Fest last weekend. Their, their guitar player, Chris, uses a really odd tuning uh, when the guitar is open, and he plays with his fingers, and all of their riffs are sort of based on this like a weird pull-offs and hammer-on, hammer-ons in this open tuning in his finger playing, yet it's kind of it's punk rock, and it's, it, it's gender-bending, man. It's it's crazy or genre bending. I don't suppose it's gender bending. It's, <laughs> it's genre be. bending. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fine too. Uh, but uh, no, it, it's, it's weird. And there, I'm telling you, there are hundreds of bands like them. They're out there. And, and all you got to do is look for them. And, uh, and I, it's, I, I'm in a really neat position that these guys come to me. They come to me looking for, you know, artist deals or whatever. And, and one of the reverend things has always been for the last 20 years. If you're on the road, like if you, if your band started, like these Hot Mulligan guys, I mean, their band started doing some stuff and started getting some offers and signed to a pretty good-sized indie label when they were in college. And they were like, well, we can make rock or we can finish up this college thing. Yeah, we can finish up the college thing anytime. Let's sell everything and buy a van and go make rock. So if you make the commitment to your art and you're going to live on the road and you're going to keep just keep touring until something happens for you, if you want to play a reverend guitar, I want you to do it. You know, I mean, that's what we're talking about. And I get, I get a lot of, yeah, I try to be nice to everybody, of course. And I want to support anybody that wants to play the reverend guitars. But I can't just give an artist deal to everybody who plays because we have a business that we have to run. And so there there has to be, like, you know, an idea of, of national or international exposure. And I've always felt like with those guys, if you give everything up and you're driving around the country in a van and you don't have a day job anymore, I'm going to give you artist pricing on a guitar and I'm going to support your touring through all of my social media efforts and do whatever I can do to, like, get behind you. And, um, and that's worked for us 
in a lot of cases, I, um, I, I do a guitar with uh, the guitar player for the metal band Code Orange. And I gave him an artist deal on something when they were on their first tour when he was 19 years old. And now they're big. I mean, they're one of the big, you know, liquid metal bands. And they were nominated for uh, Grammy last year for their second major label record, which is amazing because they're all in their early 20s. And they've got a Grammy nomination under their belt already, you know, and that and that sort of my interaction with him stemmed from when they decided, you know, when they graduated from high school, hey, let's go on the road and start doing metal shows. You well, know, I thought it was cool. Kyle Shutt quote on your website, too, where he said, you know, if you're going to do this full time for a living and you want to play guitar, you can't have a plan B. Yeah. Right. You know, you got to yeah. be all in. Yeah. And they're and they're out there and 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 they're not, you know, the. Like I said, the, the, the audience has just been more spread out. Right. Um, and, and there's no like major label flying the Van Halen flag and making sure that everybody sees and hears any one person. It's yeah. just all sort of out there on the internet for people to discover. But yeah. I, 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 could, if I could rattle off 100 bands that were worth you checking out if, if, because that, you know, and Code Orange is one of them. They're absolutely And cool. Ken, how huge is that? Think back 20 years ago, right, of yeah. how much great music was out there that we never got exposed to. Oh, you just sure. didn't know about it, you know? It's amazing. And now all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you could be like, dude, check out these 20 links I'll send you. And you could yeah. be like, holy shit, man. Half of them, could, you could blow yeah. your mind and be like, oh, man, where where, where have these guys been, yeah. you know? Like my, know. my brother just turned me out the dinosaur foot, you know? Yeah. Um, cool stuff, you know? And he sent me the link, and I was like, man, where, where are these guys at from, you know? But it's cool, original stuff, but it's, it's just yeah. different. Yeah. It is. It's different. It's a totally different way of marketing. And... Um, and and then guaranteed everybody who everybody who makes it now busted their ass to get there whatever the definition of make it is right. you know i mean i i think the definition of make it is is making a living off of doing this yeah. well, well um, you've seen for 20 years ken not to interrupt you too but how have no, you yeah. seen the in internet develop and bring you know the, the whole vision of reverend you know to fruition oh, and, yeah. and when, platform when we, that you guys operate on when we started making these, um, you know, it, it was, I tell this story all the time. Um, we used to, with, with some of our original models, when we would, we of course advertised in all the guitar magazines and say like guitar player magazine reviewed one of our guitars and gave it what a, they, their award was like called the editor's pick award. I mean, in the, in the early aughts, you know, in 2001, 2002, we would get a magazine review on a guitar and, it, and we would get a good review and get an editor's pick award or whatever. And when the subscriptions hit the mailboxes, our phone would start ringing. Where can I find this? Where can I get this? Oh, I really got to have one of these where and people just calling people calling us looking for where the dealers were and looking for, you know, I mean, and the Internet was even around then, <laughs> but people didn't use it as a tool like they do now. And our phone would ring off the hook. Now we get now, so it's twofold. Now we don't get the uh, when we get the award in the magazine, we don't see the immediate impact of it. Part of it is because nobody's reading the magazines. Mm -hmm. that, that, I mean, I mean that that has fallen off at a drastic rate. And part of it is, of course, if you want to, if you see something in a magazine that you want to do, what do you do? You go on reverb and you type it in the search or you just go to google and type google it in the it. search you know right. reverend charger hp for sale boom 
you know, everything is all right there. And so magazine advertising has gone on the wayside. The amount of money that we invest in websites and all that stuff is crazy. And, and supporting dealers and supporting the, the dealer pages and stuff. I mean, it, it is, it, it, you all, <laughs> it's weird. It seems like all of our jobs used to involve more physical activity. And now there's just a lot of desk. My sales, <laughs> my salesman, my salesman said to me today as he was leaving, I, I said to my, my sales manager, Zach Ward, I told him, Hey man, good job today. You, you, you know, we're really, cause we're, we are super busy. It's, we're having growing pains. You know, we can't get stuff out. We're, we're yeah. starting to get complaints because we're not getting stuff out fast enough. And I, I told my sales manager, I'm like, good job, dude. And he was like, yeah, I am really good at sitting at my desk and clicking open on my email. <laughs> and then I click send. <laughs> there you go. And I was like, well, but you are good at it. So <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, man, I, I spend for Cover Band Central, I spend most of my time just sitting at my computer doing stuff. You know, that that's my day. It, aside from going out and playing, that's pretty much what I do. Um, but you touched on something, Ken, that I, I think would be helpful to a lot of people because this question kind of comes up a lot. You're talking about, you know, people that are out there touring and, and they're, they're, they're really working it and you're proud to have them play one of your guitars. How, does one, how does one go about that from the musician point of perspective? Like how, if I was out there playing and I say, man, I would love a Reverend guitar – like what is the process can somebody just simply send you an email and say hey man this is my band and i'd love to play one of your guitars or is it more complicated um, than that well yes and no i mean yeah i'm 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 very accessible uh and the artist inquiry email stuff on my website comes straight to me um but there's there's a, a thing that i think has gotten twisted out of proportion by a number of manufacturers in our business. And it's the idea of what an endorsement is. I don't endorse anybody. I, nobody, what does anybody care? What I, I'm, I run a small company, uh, you know, uh, 12 employees and who cares what I am. I'm in a, I'm in a polka pink Floyd band for crying out loud. What does anybody care what I think of, of your band? And and even some of the people that I work with, sometimes I correct them because it's a pet peeve of mine, but but I'm not endorsing people. People are endorsing me. I mean, by playing a reverend guitar, you are endorsing the reverend company. You could play any guitar. I, I mean, you might not stay in tune as well or sound as good as mine, but you could play any guitar. Um, it's just that with, with the, I'm, I don't know, maybe I think I'm funny, uh, <laughs> but, but that, but that's the direction that the endorsement goes. The fact that the artist wants to use the product is where the meaning is. You know what I mean? I, why wouldn't I just want everybody? Yeah. Oh, you're a, so the way I sort of look at it is, and when somebody emails me and says, Hey, you know, I'm on the road and I've got two reverends. And I would love to be an endorser. And I emailed them back. You already are. Right. You're using the guitars. You are an endorser. Um, so well, I think they, have, I think you the have musicians, to sort of keep that in mind. I yeah, think. I mean, I think musicians just want to be simply have that title. Say, so and so, Joe Smith, guitar player, endorsed by Reverend. You know, just, yeah, I, just and, to and say I it. I think so yeah. too. And and I think that that's okay. 
but where that becomes misguided is is then we get um, endorser endorsement collectors. And I, right. I had a run in with one a couple weeks ago. You get these guys that come to the NAM shows and they just and then you go to their website and they do two pay to play gigs a month in L.A. Right. And they have endorsements from 17 brands of you name it. Mm-hmm. And it, it so and then it, so that renders that idea yeah. completely meaningless. Yeah, it just dilutes <laughs> you know everything. What I mean? Yeah, well, and I, yeah. There's got to be more to it, I guess. Yeah, I, well, and the, from a musician perspective, the other part of it is like, uh, okay, I want to get a guitar for free or for a discounted price, so I I'm going to go approach Reverend and say, hey, sure. I'm touring. So I, I mean, is that is that part of it? What you do, or or I mean, it, uh, yeah, yes and no. Um, what we really look for is, is national exposure. See, like I can't, I can't nationally publicize somebody's hometown gigs because the guy in St. Louis or the guy in LA doesn't care about the guy's gig and club gig in North Jersey. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, there's, there's nothing interesting there for people to sort of grab onto. And then I feel like in some regards, like that makes the company look like their artists are hard to find. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 and so we, the, we sort of have to draw the line at, at national exposure or international exposure or, uh, or else, like I said, then everybody would just be on the artist team and we would be selling direct and we wouldn't need dealers and we wouldn't need all of that stuff. And that's not, you know, the, the be- I want to have dealers so that people can go and try guitars and people can build relationships with music stores and music stores can be involved in this too. So yeah. in yeah. some cases, right, because that's what it's all about. There's, there's layers to this thing. You know, it's important to me that Russo music out there in Jersey succeeds. And it's important to me that Chicago music stage succeeds and, and true tone music out in Santa Monica. Right. I want all these stores to do well too. So a lot of times when a local artist who has something really cool going in their city or their town that they're in reaches out to me, um, I offer them a discount through the dealer and then I discount the guitar to the dealer and then that person can go to the dealer and have a relationship with somebody at the dealer or whatever. And go. then maybe they can, they can, when somebody says to them, Hey man, that's cool. Reverend, where'd you get that? Oh, I picked that up the true tone or, or I, whatever. And that way we're, we're building sort of a network of relationships. Right. Um, and then of course, when it comes to like, like big touring bands, like uh, I'm uh, here, I'm announcing it here because you brought them up earlier. Uh, in January, we, we are launching a signature guitar for Robin Fink of Nine Inch Nails. Oh, cool. Um, awesome. When it, when it comes to a guy like that, then we just deal with him directly. <laughs> right. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that was because next. They're, they're on a, it's, it's, a, it's a completely different plane yeah. at that point. Yeah, that was the next thing I was going to say. The only other aspect about endorsements is the megastars. You know, so like used to flip through Guitar Player Magazine and see a Slash with a Les Paul, and it's a Gibson ad. And it's like, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, Slash plays Gibson. So so yeah. Gibson is is paying Slash, really, basically, to do that or giving him free guitars or whatever the, the case is. But in that case, it's like Slash is endorsed by Gibson. <laughs> so when you're talking about dude yeah, from absolutely. Nine Inch Nails, I mean, w- would you go to that level where it's like, 
you want to put your ads out there and say Reverend Guitars and uh, and dude from Nine Inch Nails is, is using our gear just to get it out there, make it seem like you know it's a bigger deal because it's a, a known artist. Yeah, yeah, and well, that's the kind of stuff that we advertise and push. I mean, um, you know, I could tie all this together too with with uh, you were talking about going back to earlier generations and and exposing their music and stuff. We we made for many years um, a Ron Ashton uh, signature model. Ron from the Stooges and Joe Naylor designed uh, his guitar together and happened to be on a V platform because Ron always wanted a V and blah, blah, blah. And this year, Gibson shit all over that, pardon the expression, with me. And and so we're, we're not making the, currently making the Ron Ashton V anymore, but we have another Ron Ashton um, tribute guitar, just a different model of ours that he used rather extensively called the Jetstream that we'll be launching next year as well. And I, Ron, his, Ron passed away in January of 2009. Um, but I will, Ron was our first big endorser. And he loved Joe Naylor, the, the Reverend founder. And he, he loved the original Naylor amps. And then he loved the Reverend guitars. And when the Stooges reunited and did all those tours, Ron used us exclusively for that whole time. Um, three different models until we did the signature model. And uh, I like the idea of me, like, doing the, as little of a part as I'm doing, right? And it's a tiny little fraction, but I am playing a tiny little role in continuing the Stooges legacy because the Stooges changed music like them or not. They changed music right. and, and, and they're part of Detroit and I'm from Detroit and it's just such a cool thing. And I, I always have this idea in my head that, that we're talking about Ron Ashton, right? And some like, some like punker kid who's into the swellers is going to be like, Oh, that guy's playing a Reverend. I'm going to go to the Reverend website. Oh, Ron Ashton. What's that? <laughs> and then that kid's gonna develop. It's gonna gonna find the Stooges right now. Mind blown. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but that that sort of uh, that that sort of idea with the with the big guys is is yeah that how that that's that's how it comes together. And and we will run ads with Robin, of course, just like we run ads now with Mike Watt, and and we've run many ads with Pete Anderson and Billy Corgan and and. And all I've seen the Billy Corgan. Yeah, there you it, go. Yeah, because it 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 calls attention, you know. Sure. Um, and one of the things that we do that I'm very proud of, that I'm very vocal about, is when you see uh, Billy Corgan playing our guitar, um, it's because he likes the guitar and nothing more. Um, it's not because of what he's being paid. I, I pay the the name artists if I put somebody's name on the instrument. They make a percentage of the wholesale sales of that for having their name on the guitar and for the time that they spent in developing the guitar with our finder and design founder and designer, Joe Naylor. So like Kyle shut, uh, the Kyle thing was really cool. I don't know if he told you, but we have a mutual friend and uh, the guitar player for the Decemberists and I, I'm a sword fan and Chris and Kyle were doing an event together. And I asked Chris to give my contact information to Kyle, and Kyle called me. Oh, dude, I'm going to be in Detroit in three weeks. Let's get together. Because you already met him, so you know how cool he is. Yeah. So Joe Naylor and I went down and saw a sword show, and we brought a couple of guitars with us, and, and we gave them to Kyle to take on the road with him. 
And Kyle calls Joe Naylor in a few weeks and he goes, I really like this guitar because I like this, this, and this about it. And I really like this one because I like this, this, and this about it. But I wish both of them had a little more this. And then Joe sits down and listens to Kyle's feedback and designs his guitar. And then, and then says, you know, I think we can do something cool with pickups too. And then Joe designed the Railhammer pickups that have Kyle's name on them to get Kyle into the place that he wanted to be. So Kyle's guitar and the guitar that you're giving away in your contest is no different from the guitar that Kyle plays. Billy Corgan's guitar, when you see Billy playing the guitar, and you see Billy using the Reverend in more of the modern uh, and newer Smashing Pumpkins and Billy Corgan material because that is how he wants a guitar to sound for the music that he's writing now. It's the sound that he is into. And we worked with him for a really long time in order to get that dialed in. And so if you buy a Kyle Shutt guitar or a Billy Corgan guitar or whatever, you're getting the exact guitar that those guys are out touring with and playing with and recording with. Right. And if Kyle Shutt ever, you know, is somewhere and God forbid all their gear gets stolen or whatever, I can overnight Kyle a guitar and he can take it to the stage because the, what, what we have isn't any different from what he's playing. And I, I just think that's, that's really, so they're not like, they're not like tribute guitars or things that we make in order to put their name on them. We actually develop these guitars with these artists. Um, and, and as a result, I mean, that, that's why those artists get paid a percentage. And then what I get from that is then those artists let me use their imagery and all of that stuff because they're, you know, they're rock think, think about that collaboration too, though, right? Not just writing the music, but so, you know, I'm Billy Corgan and I come and I'm talking to Joe and I said, you know, I wish it had more of the hollow sound here and a little bit, you know, different, yeah. you know, tone to the top. And then Joe processes that and then... Yeah. Whatever magic he does, you know, whether if he's making the body thinner or he's adjusting the pickup, and you know, sixteenth of an inch north up the neck, you know what I mean? For yeah, him yeah. to be able to to that, relate to, to what and translate what he's telling him to be able to then create the instrument that that's that in itself is is cool. It, it is so cool that that you picked up on that because I, I that's what makes Joe special. That's what Joe's talent is. I mean, Naylor these guys say some of the funniest things to him when we the, the Corgan guitar is the best example. We're, we were at a sound check and we had this guitar. We had the body done. We had everything and done. And we were, and we were, and he loved the way it looked. He loved the way it played. And he was 90% of the way there on the way it sounded. And, and, and Joe, we were playing with pickups and we had a couple different things for him. And, uh, and we're on stage at like a giant outdoor shed music venue. And we are listening to Billy play. At, you know, after their sound check, and he's running through a stage rig, and he's like, and he's saying these things to Joe. He's like, you know, I really love the string to string clarity when I'm playing with so much gain. Like you can hear all the individual notes in chords when I when I'm playing with as much fuzz and as much gain as I'm using, but it's missing a little bit of that like Sabbath like chunky like muddy dirty thing. And he's he's telling Joe's going. Joe's listening. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Meanwhile, I'm hearing, okay, you like the clarity, but you wish it wasn't as clear. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, I have no idea what this dude is even talking about. And Naylor, we're walking away, and Joe's like, I know exactly what he's talking about. And Joe goes home, starts winding pickups. Two days later, he's like, I'm so, I just sent a pickup to Billy. Two days later, Billy emails us, this is it, done. And we're that, and it was, and away you go. And, and that's uh, the magic right there. Dude. That's the magic. That's that, that, the thing. Yeah, I mean, that's. That there's always that that thing that that 
you know, somebody has that you can't quantify that. Like, yeah, you know, they, they, I, I don't know if they can be taught. You know what I mean? It, it, it can't, man, because when we, I'm a drummer, you know. We used to go to yeah. the Sabian factory, uh, you know, and, and we used to have the same thing. We had artists, you know, pricing. We were friends with all the guys, and we'd go, like, you know, when no one else was there. And you could take an album at, like, Rage Against the Machine and be like, like, hear these hi-hats. They got, like, that little bit of grit, but it's got that top. And the guy would put the <laughs> headphones on, and he would listen to it, and he'd be like, I'll be right back. And then he would go, and he'd come back with a couple of sets of hi hats, and be like, "I think the third set's really what you're looking for, but I brought you one and three, you know, one and two, just so you could, you know." And then, sure enough, man, it was like a, the exact same sound that you were looking for, and he yeah, was just able yeah. to identify. It. And it was like I was so blown away for the first time to actually go and buy symbols that were not custom made for me, but they were hand picked, you know. Like he'd yeah, bring the symbol sure, yeah, out yeah, and say, totally. "Here's five symbols. Turn your back. I'm gonna play all five of them." And he'd play them in, you know, one, two, three, four, five. And he'd say, okay, I like number four. Then he'd play them again. He'd say, okay, I like number two. Then he'd play it again. He'd say, I like number five that time. And he'd say, okay, this is the symbol because you picked it every time I played it in different order. So take that one and this is yours. Put it off to the side. Oh, that's, that's cool. Way. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and, you know, and that's the way of doing it too where it's like you kind of narrow it down. But, you know, it, you can't teach that, right? Because the guy and, – and even, you know, elevated to a level of that what Joe's doing it at is almost like a – a symbol Smith when he works with a Terry Bozio or, you know, when they're, or, or Neil Pert when they're creating symbols, right? And he's saying, I, you know, with the metals and the metallurgists and the different types of techniques and the hand hammering, you know, and how thin it is and what, you know, it's just such an art and a science. And, you know, it's like you said, it's a gift, you know? Yeah, it is. And the, and the pickup thing is similar because it's, it's about, it's about windings and it's about the gauge of wire you use yeah. and how strong the magnet is and then how you combine those things together to get a um, sap sound, to get a sound. And yeah, I mean, it's, 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 you know, and then, it, and, and, and then they sound different in a mahogany guitar versus a Korean guitar versus an alder guitar versus an ash guitar, right, you right. know, and all of these things. And then of That's course, I mean, both, the variable on versus set neck. And yeah, I mean, the variables are crazy. There's so many things that you can do. And, and it's, it's really funny because, I, you know, the idea of the sort of one guitar does it all thing is just kind of, it's kind of silly. And it's, it's coming yeah. back around. It comes back around about every 10 years. And I see a lot of designers come in and a lot of startup companies come in and try to make that sort of, that switchblade guitar. You know what I mean? Well, if you have this, you can, you can put any pickup in it that you want and get any sound that you're looking for. And it's like, ah, you know, a guitar is more than just the pickups. It's a, it's, it's really a sum of its parts. Um, I, it, I, I had a guy trying to sell me on a, on a pickup switching system for, for Reverend, you know, where they were like, Oh, I've got this thing where you can, you can install, right. You have these modules and the module snaps into the guitar. And so, so we sell them the guitar with the housing and a Reverend pickup in the module. And then four different, modules and they can go out and they can buy their Duncans or their rail hammers or their DiMarzios or their, right. you know, whatever. And they, and they can put them all in the modules and snap them. And don't you think it's about time that, that a guitar player was able to get one guitar and that they could, they could, you know, just put in any pickup that they wanted to get any sound they wanted. And I'm like, man, you're missing the point of what this whole business is about to me. But I mean, first off, every guitar player that I know wants to own like 20 guitars. So let's just sure. start with that. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, it's just like it's a thing that sort of keeps the whole business moving. Um, but that but just because you're changing the pickup in the guitar, you're not changing the overall tone of that instrument. You're just changing how that tone is represented 
going to your amplifier. You know, I mean, you can put a humbucker in a, you can take, take the humbucker out of your Les Paul and put it in your Strat and your Strat doesn't sound like a Les Paul. It sounds like a Strat with a humbucker in it, you know? Um, And so it's fun to have all of those different things to play with. I mean, at Reverend, we do bolt on guitars and we do set neck guitars and we do, uh, we have our own, our own P90s and we have our own single coils and we have our own humbuckers. And then we have the whole rail hammer thing aside from that, that we market to other guitar companies, even um, pickups. And, and so, yes, having all of the variables keeps it fresh and, and keeps it interesting. You know what I mean? Um, and it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, we man. have, we're offering a ton of guitars at the moment. You really are. And I'm just looking we at this. I, I'm crazy. looking at, I'm looking at your website here, dude, and uh, the, D, the U.S. dealers. The, uh, you're almost it's mega. You're almost everywhere. Um, and, yeah, we're getting there. And then the international you know, dealer, we, dealers too. We don't, we don't do guitar center stores. Right. Um, we sell a lot of guitars through Musicians Friend and and uh, and through American Music Supply uh, and Zounds, of course. Um, Sam Ash website does really well with us. We're in a handful of Sam Ash stores around the country, 10 or 12 of them, but we're not in every one. Um, our, but we do a lot of business with, with independent dealers still. I mean, the I'm independent s- dealers yeah. are, are 70% of our business. Uh, so Chicago great, music exchange, yeah. Russo music, true tone music. Um, we, and then guys, we, I mean, we just have some great local stores, Joe's music in Detroit, uh, the George brothers down in Kentucky, Carlton music in, in Florida, like guys who, are who just are killing it in their communities by having a guitar specialty store and we right. have a lot of those guys yeah you know what i mean that they want to sell like high-end boutique guitars and then they sell reverend as sort of like a mid-priced option because the quality level and the sound of our com- guitars competes with guitars that sell for three times what our guitars cost um, you, they do well with us in those kind of stores. And I always tell, I mean, I tell those guys too, when I'm selling those stores, I mean, not to talk about my business too much here, but I mean, if you've got some guy with $7,500 burning a hole in his pocket to buy a custom shop, Les Paul or something, I mean, that's what he's going to buy. Right. That's fine. You know, and, and good for them. I love that end of this business. And, and I have guitars like that. I have sirs and stuff and, and guitars that i really like that are expensive guitars that were very very cool um but uh we make like sort of a working man's thing um and they're designed to be taken on the road and played and the guitar that reeves gabrell's like i said before the guitar that reeves gabrell's is out touring the world and with the cure is the same guitar that you can just buy at your music store right um there's no like magic to it you know what i mean we just do it right to begin with we just make it affordable you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I, it's so refreshing to see that you're working with all these mom and pop stores. And it's so refreshing to see that there's this many music mom and pop stores around the country. Because, I, I mean, there's there's a couple in my area. But, but yeah, you know, let's get away from the corporate. Let's bring it back home. Where's your area again? I, I'm in New Orleans. You're in New Orleans. That's always been a tough market for me. Yeah. Um, there's, but I had you a have really, one really good dealer down there. But it's been a while. Uh, yeah, this it, it shows one here in Metairie, which is, is close to New Orleans, and then there's one in Baton yeah. Rouge, which is which is kind of close. 
Uh, I had a big dealer in Baton Rouge for a while too, who went out of business, unfortunately. But yeah, Tim, Tim down there in Baton Rouge is a really good guy. He's been with us for a long time. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, there's, you know, there's got to be, like I said, I love the idea of being able to go to the music store and try them. We offer a ton of guitars. You should right. be able to walk into a music store and, and play a bunch of them. Yeah, you know? and I'm looking and at have fun with it. Yeah, I'm looking I'm totally at... for buying stuff on the internet, but you yeah. know, I'm looking at your basses too. I didn't realize you had basses too, and I'm a bass player, so. Um, oh, awesome! I, I would. Uh, so do you? So do you know who Michelle and Cello is? Of course. So you understand why we have a signature model for? Her? Yeah. Yeah, she's, she's ba- amazing. She's badass, man. Oh my god, she's ridiculous. Um, yeah. Which one yeah, does she love her? Um, she, all right. So I don't see the. Oh wait, there it is. Yeah. Oh man, that's a cool looking bass. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. got the tuning yeah, pegs we... on the bottom. That's interesting. Well, you yeah, know, she's into that. Two man is that you support, like you said, the, the mom and pop shops, you know, because that is important. You can buy anything on the internet, but like, um, you know, like when I was a kid, I musically yours was the local shop by us, and it wasn't the Sam Ash, and it was before Guitar Center, you know, it was before all these guys. It was like Victor's Music, and there was a couple of big chains, but he was the guy I developed relationship with, you know, and same thing. We used yeah. to buy everything from him, and and it, it was like, uh, you, you got a sense of community out of it. And there's and not as not... many of them out there, unfortunately. I mean, the, no. the the recession in 2008 took a big bite out of it. And then, quite frankly, a lot of those guys just retired and nobody took over their stores. Right. And we had a lot of people drop off between the late 90s and now a lot of stores just closed without anybody having any real interest to take them over. And, and I mean, it, it kind of sucks, but I, I understand it. Um but the, the, you know, and like I said, buying online isn't necessarily bad. And some of my dealers, like we, we have a, we have a great dealer out in Colorado called Wildwood Guitars. And, you know, they, they do such a good job photographing and doing demos of individual instruments that you go, some of the most fun that I've had is dealing with that company um, in that, like they'll do a custom run of guitars with, with say Kyle, they did a custom run with Kyle a few years ago. And then Kyle and I flew out to Colorado, and I think they bought 15 or 20 of his guitars. And Kyle and I played all of them for their demo videos. And so you could go to their their YouTube, well, you go to their website, and you see all the Kyle Shuck guitars listed. And you're like, ooh, that one's pretty. And you click on it, and then there's a video of Kyle Shuck playing that guitar. And he says, here I am with my signature Reverend uh, with serial number two eight six one two, and and uh, here's what it sounds like on the neck pickup, and he starts playing one of his songs. And so if you buy that guitar, there's a video online of Kyle Shuck playing your guitar, right? Forever, right? It's <laughs> such a cool, cool concept, and and uh, and so there's people that are doing like all this creative stuff, um, you know, with marketing. It's so much fun to be a part of, and uh, and 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 then most of the guys too. I mean, you know, if you buy from CME, if you don't like a guitar, you send it back, you get your money back. I mean, you don't have any, you know, they, they take the risk out of it. You know what I mean? Um, and so online buying is not what it was 20 years ago, for sure. I mean, it's obviously, um, but there is still something about going into that local music store and you're like, and just seeing, you know, all the guitars everywhere. Oh, that's mm-hmm. great, man. Uh, it this, is. this is so awesome. And believe it or not, we're at an hour already. Um, but this wow. has been very cool and very enlightening and any, yeah, anybody out there, was. anybody out there who wants to check out um, Ken's business, Reverend Guitars, go to reverendguitars.com. You'll see all the stuff that you can check out, all the guitars and all the basses here. I, dude, I want to get one of these basses. I got to try one of these five strings. 
Um, very cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm happy. You know what? If if I'm 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 happy to come on again in the future and tell you about the history of the company and stuff. Like, cool, man. We didn't really get into any of that. I was just I was I'm interested in what you guys do too. So yeah. if, you know if it's if at some point in the future you want to have me back, just holler at me. Absolutely, man. We do this every week, so we're we're cool. around. Um, anything else? Anything else you want to plug besides your uh, Reverend guitars? Uh, your uh, you Polka know, um, for you, Jersey guy, uh, I'll be out at the uh, Philly. Guitar Fest, what they call Fall Philly, the first weekend in November. Cool. Um, we'll have guitars on display out there, which is right uh, right outside of King of Prussia over there. They do a big guitar show there twice a year, but we always attend the fall one, and it's a good one. Um, Very cool. And so we'll be out there with a bunch of stuff on display. And uh, and in Jersey, of course, you can always go up to Asbury Park and check out all of our stuff hanging at Russo. And... Um, in New Orleans, we'll we'll work on that for you. Maybe uh, you and I can get a side conversation going. You can recommend some stores for me to have my sales manager call. I could do that. And that would be fabulous. <laughs> I could do that. Cool, man. Okay, it was thank... really nice meeting you guys. Yeah, yeah. Nice let me close you. the show, Likewise, Ken. Ken, Ken, thanks, man. Yeah, stay on, stay on, Ken. Let me close the show. Um, you got it. Everybody, uh, yeah, visit ReverendGuitars.com. And you can check out all that stuff. If you want to win this guitar, Kyle Shut Signature Series Reverend Guitar. You can win it. All you got to do is go to the website, coverbandcentral.com, click on the picture of the guitar, put in your info, and you are in. There's a bunch of different ways that you can get more entries, too, by liking uh, Reverend's page on Facebook, following them on, on Twitter and Instagram, and following CBC on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. You can get extra entries. But there's going to be a winner. The, the drawing is October 1st, so make sure you tune in for that. It's going to be on the Facebook um page the cover band central page on facebook which you should join also coverbandcentral.com make sure you sign up for a free profile for you your band or both that's it 69 in the books thank you ken so much for being here buddy It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.